right. Well, I want to begin by, first of all, <clears throat> thanking Sandy Spoletta. I don't know if she's on the call, but I want to thank her uh, for relinquishing her time slot for the ins and outs of uh, site loss, which usually occurs at this time every Tuesday afternoon. And uh, also thanks to uh, AAVL for sponsoring this session and the next one, which will be on Thursday. And just a reminder that AAVL has a special membership promotion that's going on right now. And uh, if you renew your membership or become a new member before February 1st, you will be entered into a drawing and you could win $100 cold cash. So there's an opportunity and there's an important reason for you wanted, wanting to join AAVL. And to find out more about that, just go to the AAVL website which is aavl-blind-seniors, S-E-N-I-O-R-S, dot O-R-G. Okay, my commercial's over. Now we can start. Good afternoon, everyone. And today, today we're going to explore our fears and attitudes and the attitudes of our families, our friends, and our healthcare providers toward falls. So let's begin with a short kind of a survey, if you will. And I'm going to read 12 statements and you're to decide if you agree or disagree with them. Try to keep a, a count uh, mentally of how many you agree with or disagree with as we go along. Okay. So <clears throat> number one, Falling should be accepted as a natural way of growing old. Would you agree or disagree? Number two, most falls cannot be prevented. Agree or disagree? Three, reporting a fall to a doctor could lead to a restriction of my independence. Four, if I report a fall to a doctor, he or she may think that I can't take care of myself. Five, if I report a fall to a relative, he or she may think that I can't take care of myself. Six, my doctor is a very busy person and shouldn't be bothered with my concerns about fall if I should have any. Seven, my nurse is a very busy person and shouldn't be bothered with my concerns about falls if I should have any. And eight, falling is humiliating. Now I'm going to stop right there and ask you to kind of consider it. Did you answer yes to any of those? Did you answer, you agree to any of those questions? Well, if you did, that may be a reason for you not reporting a fall to your healthcare provider. And by not seeking help or by not disclosing the fact that you fell with a physician or a nurse, you're denying yourself the chance to find out what really 
caused the fall. Because knowing why a fall occurs is the first step in preventing future falls. Falls are preventable. And most healthcare providers will go to great lengths to provide you with a service that will allow you to stay safely in your home. All right, we have four more. Number nine, even when it is not wet or slippery outside, I avoid leaving my home sometimes to avoid the possibility of a fall. You agree or disagree? Almost every day, I think about the fact that I could fall and hurt myself. 11. I am generally nervous when I walk. And 12. There are things that I would like to do, but don't, because I'm afraid that I might fall. Here again, answering yes or that you agree to these statements could mean that you are fearful of falling. And stress is your body's response to anything that leaves you feeling pressured or threatened or fearful. It's a demand on your body causing you to adapt, to adjust, or respond in a particular in a, to a particular stressor. Stress is not always bad, however. It often motivates us or pushes us toward trying a new way of doing something. Being aware of, being concerned about falling could lead to a safer lifestyle. However, if your fear of falling is keeping you from doing the things that you like to do, then maybe you need to talk about it with your healthcare provider or with your family members as well. So our attitude is critically important to our fall, our possibility of fall, our risk of falling. 47% of seniors admit to a fear of falling and the percentage goes up once they have a fall or nearly fall. Your thoughts about falling affect your actions. So we can, in fact, be predictors of our own falls by our own worries, our own concerns. So, <clears throat> so what we can look at is how to overcome our concerns about falling. This requires both mental as well as physical skills. These concerns or worries or fears enter into our lives as the idea that something terrible could probably happen and will happen if we're not careful. When it is powerful, it cautions us against taking any risks. It can imprison us. And when this happens, it is joined by ideas of helplessness, like, I can't protect myself from falling. I better not try to do as much, uh, as many things as I used to. Ideas of dependence, like, 
other people are going to have to take care of me. Those also come into the mind. So we need to learn to recognize and challenge these ideas and not become a slave to them. Concerns about falling can enter our lives slowly and gradually. They can start kind of creeping into our thoughts and get stronger and stronger as time goes on. Or they can come upon us all of a sudden. This is especially likely if we have a bad or unexpected fall, or someone we know does. Fear directs our feelings and actions. Once it takes over, it can convince us to restrict our lives in many ways. And this can result in significant losses. We might, for example, stop visiting friends, taking walks, doing things that used to bring us pleasure. It can interfere with some of the most basic activities, such as cooking, cleaning, taking showers. It can take away our independence and lead us to become isolated and depressed. It can block our attempts at problem solving and take away the power we have to control our own lives. And worst of all, it can lead us to be so inactive that our muscles and bones become very weak. And the tragedy of this is that we then are more likely to fall if we try to do more of those active things. So the very nature of our being afraid can cause us to stop trying to do things. And in, in so doing, we weaken our bodies, we weaken our minds, and we become more vulnerable. Let's do a little role play, and I want to get your feedback on this. So here's a story about Bob. Now, Bob has been invited to the neighbor's home for dinner next door. But to get to the neighbor's home uh, door, he has to climb some steps to get into their house. And he's thinking, I can't go. I'll, I'll never make it up those steps without losing my balance. I could fall and, and, and break something, maybe break my hip. So what do you think? What should Bob do? What should Bob do? Let's, let's pause now and get some answers. Allison, if you wouldn't mind, explain to the people how to let us know they want to speak. Sure, I'll be happy to, Larry. Um, if you'd like to raise your hand, if you're on a PC, you would press Alt-Y. If you're on the Mac, it's option Y. Uh, if you're on a smartphone, you raise your hand with uh, under the more option or more button, which is located in the lower right-hand corner of your screen. The raised hand option is under the more button. Uh, 
if you're on a standard telephone, you would raise your hand with star nine. Now to mute or unmute, if you're on a PC, you press alt A. If you're on a Mac, it's command shift A. If you're on your smart device, you mute or unmute with the button in the lower left-hand corner of your screen. And if you're on a standard telephone, you mute or unmute with star six. And we have some raised hands. All right, good. So who's up first? Okay, first is Jerry. Jerry Hogan. (laughs) So are his fears justified? I have to (laughs) raise my hand first, Larry, when you first started, because... There's a lot of those, those answer or question you, uh, I agree and disagree. And what you talk about, Bob, that depend, that depend on how he feel that day. He's sick. Uh, he been sick. He might have dizzy spell. You know, everybody is different. So okay. I don't, I don't just, I don't, I don't look at one individual like me or like that other person. Uh, and then some people, they need to hold on a rail. Some people using a walker some with a cane. Some people using a walker, a roller walker with a cane. It, it, there are so many factors involved. And uh, uh, that's what I ought uh, I, I can keep on going and going, and there, it, 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 it depends. Okay, thank you, Jerry, very much. So, someone else, what options does Bob have? Okay, next we have Jane. Jane Corona, you can unmute. Okay. Um, I, I can very much empathize with Bob. I'm poor Bob. Because I, I have fear of falling because I was running down South street in 2017, getting my new dog and I was proud and I was showing off my speed with a new dog and I fell and broke my arm. And ever since then, I'm terrified. Um, I think what Bob would, I tell people everything that happens to me, I tell people, I don't hide anything. So I think if I were Bob, I would tell the host, Look, I'm really afraid of going up your stairs. Can you come to the bottom of the stairs and I can hold your elbow or I can hang on to your shoulder or something so that I, I really want to see you, but I'm afraid to walk up the stairs by myself. And I right. think that's what I would do if I were Bob, because it's a terrible thing to be afraid of falling. All right. Very good. Very good, Jane. That's a good option. Are there any other options? Who else has their hand up? Okay, Kathy Lyons is next. Hi, Kathy. If I were Bob, I would probably call and ask if there's a railing on those stairs. And I would also, Jane's answer was great. I would also ask somebody to be there to help me up the stairs. I wouldn't stay home. I would just want to make sure that I would be safe in climbing those stairs. And I know exactly what Jane was saying. Once you fall, you, you really are afraid of falling again. It, it's kind of, you know what can happen, and it, it kind of makes you kind of nervous. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. All right. 
what are the results of Bob staying at home? What would be what would be the benefits or the or the disadvantages of his staying at home? Next person. Okay, Nora, yes. you're next. Well, if Bob stays home because he's afraid of fun, he's going to miss out on having a good time with his neighbor. And I would suggest that he would call his neighbor and say that he, that he would like to have someone help him set up those steps if there's no railing. And if they were there, if there are railing, right? And it's nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> I thought. Yeah, and his neighbor might get the wrong idea. His neighbor might get the idea, oh, he's not a very friendly neighbor, right? Okay. Ooh, I don't know. I, I couldn't hear you because you, you oh. broke out there. Okay. I said the neighbor might get the idea that Bob is unfriendly and doesn't want to invite him again. He might be afraid of, Bob might be afraid of that. And uh, okay. you know, that's, that's a shame. Yep, I want I'm not trying to be unfriendly. I just want to be careful when I come over. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next question for the next person up, uh, Allison, mm -hmm. is what is the difference between fear and caution? Okay, next we have Susan Crawford. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, well, I would think caution is what you do um, to avoid um, falling or something. So caution are the, you know, those are the steps you take to avoid what you may be afraid of. So, for example, holding on to a railing or always stopping at the top of the stairs to make sure you're, you're lined up properly. So I think caution is a good thing, a good way to deal with your fears. Okay. Another comment on caution and fear? Okay, Beth, you're next, if you'd like to unmute. Okay, thanks. I'm really enjoying and profiting from this um, uh, call. Mm -hmm. That's a very interesting question about caution versus Fear, I think that um, fear is a feeling and it's born out of things that you think about. Caution is more a plan of action, I would think. And the other thing I wanted to say was while Bob is checking out with his neighbor about the railing, he could say, how strong is that railing? Is it? is it really rock solid? Because I can't, uh, I would have trouble if it were um, not quite, you know, has some, some railings are loose. So I think that's another thing Bob should ask about. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for that comment. What about other people's attitudes? Because, uh, you know, Bob may share this invitation with his family, with his children, <clears throat> and they'll have opinions about it or his friends. So are, are there, are there um, opinions important to consider his family members? And for that matter, our own family members, when we are going to do something that 
maybe has a little bit of risk. How important are the opinions and views of our families and friends? Okay, our next raised hand is Agnes. Um, for me, it depends on who I'm doing the, you know, the talking with. Um, and I've learned over the years that some people I wouldn't talk to about this stuff only because they would want to maybe encourage more of a, you know, a fear and, you know, in me by saying, oh, you've, you've got to constantly be extra careful and, and might try to discourage it because me from doing this. Um, and the other thing that I'd like to say is one thing that I have started to do when I inquire about rails at people's houses uh, is to find out on their steps, how many rails do they have? Do they only have one rail or do they have rails on both sides of the steps for going up and down? That's good. In fact, maybe you could even do a dry run and with a family member or friend, go over and check out Bob's entrance and his steps and his and whether or not he has a, a railing that can be grabbed onto. So there's, you know, do a little investigation before you make your decision. How how much do the opinions of other people affect us when it comes to doing things for ourselves. Okay, we have someone with an iPhone who raised their hand. You, you may go ahead. Um, it probably is me, Mary Grace. Uh, okay, thank um, you. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, okay, uh, I was just unmuting, and are we still on the same question? Um, well, my question was a little broader. I wanted to know uh, how much are we affected by the opinions oh, by of other with people? Me, with me, it depends on. I have to I have to think about. I have to think about what they said. Yes. If I think it makes a lot of sense, I'll consider it. If I don't think it makes a lot of sense, I'll just do what I was going to do to begin with anyway. <laughs> okay. I have to give it some thought. You know, I had, can I, can I tell you about a situation I just ran into, which is kind of similar? Sure. <laughs> okay. I can walk into town with my dog regularly, except now there are lots of, there's one sidewalk where there are pine nuts that are falling. And it, I consider it dangerous because it's very easy to trip on those side, those pine nuts. So, but I want, I didn't want to, and actually I did kind of, fall and didn't get hurt but you know just kind of went down so I thought okay I've got to make a plan of action my plan of action it was to go with my dog at a snail's pace and this is not nice but when I found a pine nut I kind of just dropped it into the street so that when I came back I wouldn't find it there but uh you know my, what I did was uh I decided I'm not going to be afraid of this. I'm going to make a plan of action to conquer it. And so my plan of action is go very, very slowly. See that the dog takes you very, very slowly. Get rid of the pine nuts if you happen to see them. And, you know, and um, just if you take it slow enough, you'll be okay. So that's what I did. 
That's wonderful. And you lead me perfectly into my next topic, which is called assertiveness. And so the question is, what does it mean to be assertive? And how should you be assertive? Okay, next we have Allie with her hand raised. Go ahead, Allie. All right. So, wow, as far as assertiveness, I'm very much about that. Like someone earlier said, um, like Jane said, I believe if something happens, I'm going to tell people. I've had falls in the past, not recently, but um, in the past I have a bone condition. I'm actually younger, so I'm not a senior. I'm kind of a, (laughs) I don't know about a special case, but a different case. Um, But something that people didn't think of with the situation with Bob, and this is just something that I've thought about for a long time with different things. Um, but in this situation, um, just to give you an idea anyway, what if Bob asked his neighbor, hey, do you have a different entrance to your house that I could come in? Because when I go to like one of my aunt's houses, I don't go in their front door a lot. I, um, mm-hmm. In fact, I really struggle when I do. I want to go in their garage door. Mm-hmm. Garage doors that- are easier to get safe, easier to get into. That is another option, and I'm glad you brought that up. Maybe maybe the uh-huh. neighbor has more than one entranceway, right? right. Uh-huh. Exactly. You know, exactly. But I, I want to spend a little more time on this word, assertive. Um, so how should we be assertive, and when should we be assertive? Okay. Do you want to go to the next person? Go ahead, next. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. All right, uh, we have someone with telephone number 505 ending in 638. Could you unmute and tell us who you are and then answer the question? Yes, this is Beth from New Mexico. Oh, hi, Beth. All right. Welcome. Um, you can be cautious, but you can be assertive as well. Like, tell the neighbor, okay, I would do that. Ask him if there's another entrance that I could go in. Or I would ask him, could one of my grandchildren go with me? Okay, but... If I were Bob. But in your own situation, uh, are you have you had to be assertive with your oh, children yes, yes. or with friends? Um, and how yes, I do have you do be- that? How do you do that? Well, tell them that... Um, uh, because a lot of people will will stand there and say, well, you're blind, especially a lot of healthcare providers. And I'm like, well, you know, you can't miss something you never had. And, uh, and then that gives them a different perspective because you're like, you know, if I never had it, how can I grieve for it? How can I miss it? It's like, yeah, I'd like to go to the moon, but I've never been. I've never... I've never had full sight, so it doesn't bother me. All right. And uh, and so then that does give them a special, uh, a different perspective because then they say, well, okay, yeah, she's comfortable with it, so I guess I have to be comfortable with it too. Or, um, yes, I do believe in being assertive and, and advocate for yourself because uh, if nobody had... Right. I, my parents used to say, if you don't care about your life, nobody else will. <laughs> okay. All right. The next question for the next person. 
How does it make you feel to ask for help? Okay, we have telephone number 717 ending in 346. Could you please <clears throat> tell us who you are? Yes, it's John from Pennsylvania. Thank you. And um, I, I... Would you repeat that question again, yeah, please? Yeah, I will, certainly. How does it make you feel when you have to ask for help? All right. Well, that's, of course, something uh, I think um, none of us really like to do. But once you do it a couple times, uh, you usually find that people are willing to help. And uh, you, you just need to get over that fear because you may get in a situation where the only thing to do is ask for help. Um, that's happened to me once or twice, and uh, whether you don't like it or not, uh, hey, if you need it, you need it. <laughs> and yeah, and, uh, it, and it, you need to get over that fear. Uh, what about the contrary? What about refusing help? Well, in refusing help, um, I think you need to um, be reluctant to do that. Now, yes, sometimes you can do things yourself, uh, and uh, you don't like people um, bothering you or de deciding for you, uh, so... And uh, there are times when you can graciously say, no, I, I'm fine, I can do this, and uh, get over the uh, feelings. I've, I've had experiences where people grabbed me and wanted to, you know, push and shove, and even especially at street corners. I've had people try to push me across the street, and maybe I wasn't even going that way, so... Um, some things are not very pleasant, but mostly you can be gracious about it and say, no, thank you. I'm fine. Thank you, John. <clears throat> All right. Let's uh, have the next person ask, answer the same question. How comfortable are you in asking for help? Okay. Next, we have Ann Brash. Ann, you can unmute. I am not real comfortable in asking for help. Um, uh, and as I get older, I get more uncomfortable asking for help. But the trouble is, as you get older, the more help you kind of need to ask for. So <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it, it, all has to do, it, it all has to do with that assertive question, really, because you have to know yourself and you have to know what you can do and you have to listen to other people's opinions, but not always pay attention to other people's opinion. I mean, it's more and more of a balancing act the more the older you, you get. And frankly, I'm having trouble. I, I just retired a couple of months ago and it's a whole different life. So it's, it's a balancing thing. Well, what me, let me ask you the other side of that. How comfortable are you in refusing help? Well, I got the same, I got the same problems with refusing help too. I, I, don't want help sometimes, as the gentleman was saying about people pushing you the wrong direction. But on the other hand, I understand that sometimes people feel better about helping. So I have the same kind of arguments 
in my own mind about refusing help as I do about accepting help. Very good. Thank you so much for your comments. We'll take one more. Anyone wants to just comment on any part of this discussion? Okay, we have uh, four hands up. So the next one is Nellie Emerson. Welcome, Nellie. Hi. Um, so, you know, regarding the, the question of um, um, accepting help or not accepting help, um, I think about, um, well, um, am I able to do this by myself safely? Um, and I also ask myself, um, how much of a hassle is it going to be for me to do this by myself as opposed to getting some help and doing it quickly? So those are a couple of things I think about. And then in terms of uh, refusing help, um, if I'm confident about whatever the thing is, um, crossing a street or finding an address or something like that, uh, and if I'm confident about it, I just um, graciously, you know, say, oh, no, thank you. Um, you know, I'm okay. I can, I can find it or I can do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you for your comments, all of you. We're going to move on to another little survey, and this one has uh, the statements which you are to kind of decide whether you would say usually, sometimes, or seldom. And again, I'm not going to grade you on this, but these are personal habits that we have, and our personal habits oftentimes can be risky habits when it comes to causing falls. So I'm going to read these and uh, just think about them. And then as time allows at the end, we'll discuss them. All right. So I wipe up any spills quickly. Usually, sometimes, seldom. I avoid walking around in floppy slippers or flip-flops. Usually, sometimes, seldom. When carrying things, I leave one arm free to hold on to railings or stable furniture for support, even though this may mean twice the number of trips. I pick up anything that I have dropped on the floor, usually, sometimes, seldom. I take my time getting to the door when someone rings the doorbell or knocks on my door. I use my cane or walker, if I have one, or other pieces of adaptive equipment as prescribed by my doctor or the therapist, usually, sometimes, seldom. I use my grab bar when getting out of the tub or shower. I take time out to exercise daily. I have a friend, a relative, or a neighbor who checks on me daily. I take my time 
when moving from a sitting to a standing position. I take my time getting out of bed. I pay close attention to whatever I'm doing. I take it easy on those days when I don't feel quite like myself. I use an elevator instead of the stairs, if an elevator is available. I avoid walking on wet or slippery surfaces and take other paths if necessary. I turn on a light when I enter a dark room. Well, that is if I can see a light. <laughs> when I leave a doctor's office, I understand their instructions clearly. Usually, sometimes, seldom. I know whether or not the medicines that I'm taking can increase my risk for falling. I take my medicine as prescribed, on the right day, at the right time, and in the right amount. I feel comfortable talking about falls with my family. I feel comfortable talking about falls with my doctor. I talk with my doctor about drinking alcohol and how it could increase the risk of falling. And lastly, I feel comfortable asking for help when I need it. And we kind of did already sort of answer that one, didn't we? So you could probably add other habits to that. But these are the kind of personal habits that can lead to falls. If you answered seldom or sometimes to any of those questions, then maybe there's cause for you to think about changing habits. I won't ask you to give me your score, but I will ask you to kind of keep those things in mind. And I want to get a few comments before I make some comments of my own. So who has a comment about personal habits? Um, I could make a comment. This is Vicki. Okay. Um, I um, will really talk about the grab bars. When I had my bathroom renovated uh, several years ago, I did not have grab bars. And um, the people that renovated the bathroom advised... And this is what they did. They put a grab bar inside the bathtub going one way and then another one that's straight up and down going outside the bathtub. So in other words, when you get in or out of that bathtub, you take one hand, you put one hand on each of those bars. Uh -huh. So if, if one hand slipped off, you still got that other hand um, on one of the bars. And uh, the other comment i'll make very quickly uh about bob's situation i just want to make one real quick comment if bob is using a cane and you're going up or down steps even if you're with somebody or by yourself of course feel the depth of that step 
And that way you'll know how deep those steps are. All right. Yes, you will. Allison, are you you back? Hey, guys. Oh, you're back. All right. Thank you. We missed you. (laughs) No, this is is Beth. I just wanted to make one quick comment. And this, I may be jumping the gun here. Are you going to be discussing what different... Are, are you going to be discussing what different canes look like and how kind of a broad view, broad brush of no, how to I, use? No, I am not going to talk about any type of adaptive equipment. Uh, that's that's not in the purview of this. Oh, okay. Because I have seen quad canes and I don't know how anybody talk about losing my balance. I just tried one just to see what it was like. And I don't know how anybody can use them they're just to me and and i may have done something wrong but they seemed to hinder rather than help and i was also wondering if you have heard of canes with wheels i have yeah and 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 there are pros and cons of all types of support uh adaptive equipment but we're not going to talk about that what i want to focus on here are our personal habits and these are habits that probably we we do without even thinking about it that very often coming back from the store and you're wanting to bring all the groceries in at once and so you've got both arms full of groceries or packages whatever it is which leaves you totally unprepared if you should happen to trip over something whether it be your dog or a shoe that you left in the hallway or a curled up rug or something like that. But we do that because, well, we don't want to have to make more than one trip. And so we try to carry a lot of stuff. And sometimes, and I've done this to the point where I just kind of put my cane under my, under my armpit and I'm not even using my cane. I'm just walking with my arms full of stuff. Another thing that is a very common habit is some of us who live alone and we don't have regular contact with our family or friends, days can go by where you don't have any human contact. And this happened, sadly, to a friend of mine, and he fell and hit his backbone, and he was unable to get up for two whole days before his daughter thought to go by and check on him. Can I make a comment about that? Yes. Um, This is Jane. Um, There are several agencies. There's one that I don't know. I can can send it to you, Larry. I'll look it up. There's one that you pay like $189 every six months or something. I forget what it's called, but they will call you at a specified time. And then if you don't answer after two or three times, they'll call uh, a person that you have designated or two people that you have designated for them to come and look, you know, check on you. And also our county here has a senior call check program that's free. And they call me every morning at eight o'clock and they call me like three times. And then if I don't answer, they'll call a person that I've designated. Um, maybe your AAA in wherever you are, maybe they would know about such a program. So uh, that's really helpful because I live alone and I envision that one day I'm going to choke to death or something or fall down or something. And 
my dog mm-hmm. is going to be there with me for days and days before somebody comes over. So this is a real, it's a very great peace of mind to know that I'm going to get that call every day. It really is. And I, I have to confess that only recently did I decide to do that. I've got a rather large family, but we don't stay in touch on a daily basis. And so several days can go by before I actually talk to any one of them. And I finally made a deal with one of my daughters. I said, okay, every afternoon at three o'clock, either text me or call me and I will respond or vice versa. And so, and so we do it and it's fun and it actually works out very well. But habits are hard to change, aren't they? Some habits, we've had them for years and years and we've always done it, you know, one way. So how do you change a habit? How do you begin to change a habit that could be risky for you now? Larry, this is Sheila, and I am here to help if you need any help. You do have a couple of hands raised. I wasn't sure if you wanted to take them or not. Yes. Uh huh. All right. Larry? Hi. Um, well, first of all, the habit, you have to think about what the habit is. And one habit that that I've tried to get into, it isn't really something that you mentioned on your list, but um, if, if you're one side, you know, say you have more strength than your right leg than your left. And usually people do have are stronger on one side than the other step up with, with a good foot and down with the weaker, weaker side when you're going to step up or down anytime that can help prevent Uh falling. How many of you uh, pay close attention to the instructions that your doctor gives you before you leave his or her office? Do you, you know, do you understand everything? Do you ask them to repeat? Do you take notes? Tell me about that. Well, Christy has her hand raised, Larry. Go ahead. I don't go barefoot anymore. I used to be the barefoot kid. And I I figured out that that wasn't such a good deal because I kept stubbing my toes and hurting myself. <laughs> but I do, I do wear flip-flops. I don't wear floppy slippers. I do wear flip-flops, but um, I'm very careful with that. I was surprised that flip-flops were in the question, but I can understand it. Um, the, the habit... Uh, you know, we need to look at the micro habits of what's the tiny thing that I can stop doing and what can I replace it with. Um, and then the doctor's instructions. Uh, I try to understand what the doctor's telling me. And I also, um, they, they used to give me the paper version of their notes or instructions. And so I, I was assertive and said, please, put all of your instructions in my after visit summary so that I can read them um, in an accessible way. I have a general question I want to ask. So put everybody's hands down for a moment and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you answer yes, do you exercise every day? 10. 
How many? 11. 11. 11. Okay. 12. <laughs> they keep 12? going up. 12. Good. Good. <laughs> Out of how many? I want to, what percentage? 13. Let me, let me see. You got 13 hands up. You got 54 participants minus you and me would be 52. So out that's of about 25 percent. Yep. Well, yep. a quarter. Right. Well, this is one habit that I hope you will consider beginning. Some habits, some habits we have to change. Some habits we maybe want to start. And, you know, um, it's easy to start exercising. And we're going to talk a lot about that next session, which will be Thursday, and I hope you all will come back, because um, there are different solutions for different people in breaking habits or changing habits. Not everybody is the same, and so what may be behavior that's risky for you may not be so dangerous or risky for another person. So you really need to look at your own condition. People have different physical abilities, so an activity that is safe for one person may be risky for another. Each time that we make a decision, we go through a cost-benefit analysis, which means we evaluate the risk. So this is how we can judge our behavior. Is it risky for me to say, climb this step stool to reach that box that's on the top shelf of the closet? Is it risky for me to walk with both my arms full of groceries? Is it risky for me to use flip-flops? Is it risky for me, you know, to go out when it's raining? How risky? Well, what are the alternatives? Again, you have to evaluate risk versus caution. Kind of think of it as like a stoplight. Stoplight is red, yellow, and green. Some things will be red. We should stop. Some things yellow means we can proceed with caution, but maybe we have to think about alternative ways of doing it. Prioritizing our habits will uh, likely cause us to change certain things. And the criteria that we use are how easy is it to change? How frequently do we do that particular personal habit? And thirdly, how dangerous is it? And if you'd like a copy of this list of personal habits, I'm going to place it on the AAVL uh, discussion list, and you can, you can find it there, and you can check it out. So in our next and final session on Thursday, we're going to talk about what we can do physically to improve muscle strength, balance, and endurance by practicing the right kind of exercises. And they're not going to be hard. They're going to be easy. But I want you to come prepared. Wear loose, loose comfortable clothing, comfortable shoes, no flip-flops or boots, and you will want to have a comfortable, sturdy chair, preferably one with arms, but not on rollers. The exercises will all be sitting down, and they'll all be quite easy.
So, any last minute questions? We have about two minutes. Am I right? Sorry. Agnes? Yes, when we do the exercises, can we just do them sitting on our couch? Can you do it sitting where? On our couch. Sure. Okay, great. Any other question? Kathy? Larry, I just wanted to say that during the pandemic, I was without a dog. And I wasn't walking much at all. And so the dog came in April. And my um, endurance was nil. And so it behooved me to get exercising so that I could, in fact, walk with my dog. So that's what got me off the couch. And, and Great. Yeah, they're easy. They're not hard. So yeah. I totally agree with you. You know, and I'm going to say this to those of you who are in the 75% group. Exercise, it doesn't have to be really painful or really tiring. The whole idea of no pain, no strain, no pain, that's not true. Exercise can be fun, and you can do it while listening to a talking book, watching television, listening to music. It doesn't have to absorb you totally. You get to doing it so it's almost automatic, and the benefits are incredible. So we're going to learn all about exercise, and we're also going to learn about breathing. You thought you knew how to breathe, (laughs) but but I'm going to teach you a new way to breathe next next Thursday. (coughs) Remember, 3 o'clock, I mean, 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central, 2 o'clock Mountain, and 1 o'clock Pacific. And again, the AAVL uh, discussion list will have this um, list of personal habits that you can check out and see if there are any that you want to change. Thank you all so much. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you, Larry.